This is the Open Forum Podcast. Welcome to a special episode of the Open Forum Podcast. My name is Mike Miller, joined by my co-host Mike Martinez to bring you the news, helpful insight, and more from the world of physical education. Good evening, Mike. Mike, how is it going? Great to be with you for this special recording yeah. episode of si- the podcast. Since uh, you were down in Louisiana uh, a year ago, it's I've I've been wanting to kind of do this, and when you brought it up to me as as a as an idea that you were having a few months ago, I, I've been kind of salivating at the opportunity to do this. So I'm I'm right there with you. This is a, a very exciting night for me. Uh, I'm sure those of you who are listening at home who have followed us on Twitter and our regular regular listeners to the show remember that almost a year ago today. Uh, yeah, we're off. We're off by about a week or, yeah, it was or the, two. It was December twelfth, right? Somewhere around there. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of us from Open, a bunch of the, the national trainers, Aaron Hart, Kurt Stone from U.S. Games, had a very, very incredible opportunity to head down to the Louisiana Bayou for a for an, a once a, one of its kind initiative called Pedaling for PE, where we got to travel to a bunch of different uh, schools in the Bayou area who at the time were dealing with far less than adequate resources and trying to do their best to deliver high quality PE, but probably could have just used a little bit of a helping hand to, to jumpstart their programs and get kids receiving the education they deserve. It, I've, I've mentioned to anyone who's willing to listen, not only did it change me as, as an educator being down there and seeing what these folks uh, are battling through on a daily basis, but it changed me as a person to see just how hard people work and and can do it with a smile on their face and to see how many people who are not in those situations or predicaments are willing to help out with really nothing coming back to them except the the feeling of knowing that they're helping people out, which essentially is what Open is all about, right? It's, it's hashtag teachers helping teachers. Um, but when we left Louisiana, I, aside from the warm feelings in my heart, had no way of kind of knowing well, what happened? <laughs> where, where did we go from there? Uh, so we were able to reach out to a few of the folks that were down there with us, both on the, the battlefields, if you will, and kind of behind the scenes. And they're here to join us tonight and talk a little bit about where is the Pedal for PE project, you know, one year later. So let's start by talking to two of the people who kind of put this whole thing together. We have Donna Newton and Amy Karen from Eat, Move, Grow. Ladies, would you mind introducing yourselves and telling everyone a little bit about what your role is with Eat, Move, Grow, starting with Donna? Um, my name's Donna Newton, and I'm the um, program manager for Eat, Move, Grow. And we've been working with our schools for approximately nine years. And so we, we really are out there in the trenches with our schools trying to be the support and the resources that they need. Okay, my name is Amy Karam. I am the project director for Eat, Move, Grow, and I um, have the great pleasure of working with the 33 schools that we provide services for and the team of five health educators who are out in the field um, working to build stronger school health environments in dozens of ways. And this opportunity was a way for us to help strengthen physical activity PE programs in um, 
in some of our highest need schools. And I think we've, we did a great job and I can't wait to hear how Steven can tell you what impact it's made on his school. And that is a picture perfect segue right there. Folks, the, <laughs> the star of tonight's show, if you will. Uh, we are joined by Steve Sellers, who is one of the PE teachers, one of the, I believe it was 12 or 13 schools we went to. Steve was uh, one of the teachers down there that we met and got to work with. Steve, tell the world a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you teach. Hey, I'm Steven Sellers, and I teach at Rugon Elementary. Um, I'm a physical education teacher among other things, um, but my, <laughs> my, my heart is in physical education, and that, that about sums it up. It's a full-time job. I mean, we're running around constantly. You know, like you said, uh, we're one of those schools that are kind of low resources, so we're constantly trying to add those through things like you know, grants and working with people like Eat, Move, Grow, and, you know, Amy and Donna. So a year later, I like where we're at. We're moving in a positive direction. We're heading the right way. Now, Outstanding. Now, if you haven't listened to all of the interviews and the content that we have uh, from that week, I suggest you go back and listen to that. Actually, uh, Stephen's interview is one of my favorites. Thinking back to combing through all of the great content that we had from down there and uh, just re really heartfelt. Stephen, Stephen's a guy that you can tell just by the tone of his voice and how he speaks about his kids that he really, really cares. And it's, it's refreshing to hear that things are going well uh, after a year. But go ahead, Mike. Well, I, I was going to say, let's kick things off with kind of by, I guess, moving forward by, by taking one step back. Um, Stephen mentioned that None of this would have been possible without folks like Amy and Donna, with without Eat, Move, Grow. And throughout the, the conferences and different places that I've traveled over the last year, whenever this topic comes up, people often ask, you know, how can we get this? How can this come to our area? And I feel like this all starts and ends with some kind of grassroots, boots-on-the-ground local organization uh, Amy, can you explain to folks at home a little bit more about what exactly Eat, Move, Grow is, uh, just so they can get an idea of other organizations in their areas that might be similar? Yes. Um, Eat, Move, Grow is a HRSA-funded obesity prevention project, and we work uh, boots on the ground, as you said, to uh, help build healthier school environments. We look for ways to increase activity, improve nutrition, um, provide technical assistance to connect uh, rural schools to both grant opportunities that Eat, Move, Grow funds, but also make connections to national programs like OPEN. So this was a perfect fit for us to connect OPEN with our schools. We have close relationships with both classroom teachers and PE teachers. So for PE teachers, this was a way for them to access high-quality curriculum in a cost-effective way, which is often a barrier. And in some of our schools where classroom teachers are tasked with PE, this was um, an unbelievable opportunity for them to have an opportunity to watch national open trainers present these these lesson plans and then translate that into their day-to-day -day activities at their school to bring high quality physical education to all students. Now, I can't help but hearing that and thinking that there has to be other areas and other organizations 
that have a similar impact to their local communities as well. Uh, Donna, can you talk a little bit about what or how this partnership came together? Was it a personal relationship with somebody that was affiliated with both groups or did you just kind of comb the internet until you found a, a thing like open now, to partner up with? How did this come now, together? Um, one of our coordinators, Joanna Faber, she is um, an open trainer and um, she has spoken a lot and have, you know, really pushed the open curriculum and U.S. Games involvement. And it just really happened by, I guess, accident. We were all at a Layford conference in Baton Rouge and Jim Stringer happened to approach us and really kind of said this is, was a vision he had and he had been thinking about it and we thought, hey, that would be great. You know, Louisiana is really a, a lot of times left behind and a lot of times things don't happen first here. Mm -hmm. We really kind of jumped on the bandwagon to say, hey, let's try it. It was, no one had attempted it. We really didn't know what to expect, but um, working with um, U.S. Games core group and the Eat, Move, Grow staff and Jim and Joanna, we were able to bring it together and come up with 12 schools that had similar relationships. Plus, the, geographically, it was easier for us to get from, it was 344 miles of travel just for those 12 schools, but we were able to do it in four days. So that's why a lot of those schools were picked. So, you know, the relationship began approximately probably two years ago with us just discussing it. And this relationship has strengthened not only U.S. Games and Eat, Move, Grow in our schools, but it's also brought a lot of resources and kind of media publicity to these schools also to assist them with some of the things that they need to help them to be able to provide services to the students in that school. And I feel like that right there speaks to the importance of having a local organization like Eat, Move, Grow, who has that background knowledge to know, hey, in this geographical region, here's a dozen schools that we actually could do this in a week with. So I, I, I still, a year later, can't thank you folks enough for all the work that you did in kind of orchestrating this and, and, and mapping out a logistical way to make this happen. But I think what everyone is waiting to hear, Steve, the $64 million question. <laughs> How are things going at Rugan Elementary in the PE world one year after Pedal for PE? It's good that you ask today instead of at the beginning of the week. We, Regardless, we would have been doing well, but we've received a lot of good news this week. We were uh, granted uh, two different grants, and uh, we added some speakers to our gym. We added some lights to our gym really cleaned the place up, made it look a lot better and uh, consistently added more supplies, you know, cause that when you have 500 kids using your supplies constantly, you know, a, a small injection of supplies into your school, it does help, but it doesn't provide real infrastructure, you know, right. and our problem right now would be that, uh, you know, some of the supplies that we've used so much uh, because we've used them so much, 
they're starting to degrade a little bit. Um, <laughs> but but we have found some alternate opportunities to inject some you know funds and some supplies into our uh, program. Donorschoose.org has been great. Uh, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. in America has been great. Eat Move Grow has been great. You know, we, we still have a lot of open supplies um, from when y'all came from Peddling PE. Our scarves that you guys left us with are probably the favorites of the kids. Um, <laughs> those, it's those are my favorites. Funny that, it's funny that you would think, you know, you wouldn't think scarves, but you, they're just so versatile. You can use them for every little thing. Yeah. But what we talked about, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, was we needed to affect culture change at my school. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like we said, a small injection of funds, you know, it, it helps for a little bit. But what you need is the infrastructure infrastructure to continue to grow in a positive way. And I think a lot of that comes through culture. You, you want your kids to think a certain way about PE. You want them to act a certain way when they come to PE. And you want them to have a healthy respect of, you know, themselves, the program, the supplies. You know, you just want to do everything the right way. And I think that our, our culture has really been going that way. You know, we, we need to do more parent surveys. We need to get more feedback from the community. But everything that I've heard through emails, everything I've heard through um, communicating with parents, they're happy uh, with the direction that the PE program is going. And I think that speaks volumes, really. I mean, what do I know? You know, I'm, I'm in the school all the time. Um, a lot of times, you know, you can really put your, you know, get a pulse on the community, you know, by, by talking to your kids, by talking to your parents when you get a chance. And also, this is kind of funny, but our custodian speaks so highly of us. Um, and he has a, a really great relationship with a lot of uh community stakeholders so Mm -hmm. um when he's speaking highly of us you know they believe him because you know they say well why would he fib to us you know why would he why would he pull the wool over our eyes uh he's (laughs) telling the truth um so him i think him speaking highly of of our program and you know how hard we work to do things the right way has had a a big benefit as well but the culture change that we're looking for it, it really does seem to be happening I'd like to get some measurable statistics on that, you know, being a a math teacher now as well. (laughs) (laughs) But we we need to do some surveys for that. You know, I'm I'm kind of a word of mouth, talk to you kind of guy, but uh, we'll get a little more analytical if we can. So two things. If you want to find the most honest person in any school building, it's probably the head custodian. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And two, yeah. And two, it, it sounds like, and, and to move, a culture of any type, you need all of those stakeholders to be able to, you know, change their thinking and develop in a way that builds a culture. And it really does sound like that's exactly what's happening at Rugon, which is really cool. And now, Steve, you mentioned uh, the juggling scarves from before, and, you know, you wouldn't think that juggling scarves have a huge impact. I can tell you, as someone who is not privy to having those juggling scarves, I still (laughs) periodically go back and watch the video that I took of your kids swinging those scarves over their head, waiting for the the cyclists to come in on that day, and just seeing the, I mean, unadulterated joy on their faces. The raw that happiness. That, <laughs> absolutely. That, 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 this, that this event was taking place just for them in their school is still something that makes the, the very few hairs that I still have stand up from, uh, from time to time. Can you speak a little, Steve, to the, the changes in your students or in your program that you noticed from before the event last year to immediately afterwards? I think the biggest change would probably be now they expect to come in and 
have organized activities and things to do with appropriate supplies as opposed to the I think most of them thought coming in previously, like, oh, what are we going to do today? We're going to go in, we're going to shoot basketball. Those of us who don't like basketball are either going to sit in the bleachers or we're going to walk around in circles because that's what P had been for them for so long. Right. So I think that just the expectations of the students, like they, they know that they deserve, they're de that they're deserving. And now that they know that they're deserving, you know, they expect a certain level of action they they expect a certain level of service from the school from the teachers and you know i, I work hard to provide that for them but i i think expectations yeah um they they come in wanting to learn knowing that they're going to learn and and that they're going to have appropriate supplies to do it that's such a, a a huge difference i feel like what has it done for you as a teacher to know that you can kind of open your playbook now, so to speak, and, and bring in new activities, maybe even new units based on the it equipment that you have. makes all the difference in the world for me from a discipline standpoint. Mm -hmm. All right, so you want to keep kids acting appropriately. You want to keep them treating each other the right way. You need to give them organized activity. Uh, you need to keep them constantly engaged because I, I don't know what kind of child you guys were, but I was <laughs> myself as a child, and boy, I was bad. So, it, it, you know, idle hands are the devil's playground. We've heard that so many times. Mm -hmm. um, we had idle hands, and, and y'all came and y'all put scars in our hands. And, we, you know, you saw how hard those kids waved those scars because of it. So, it, oh, man, it, the biggest impact is I can teach my classroom the right way. I, I can teach the curriculum the right way. If you get in the, the curriculum for uh, PE in the state of Louisiana, a lot of the things they ask us to do, I was incapable of doing because of lack of supplies. And the great thing about open is that a lot of their lessons are organized so that you're using the same supplies over and over for a multitude of activities. So like sure. you know, scarves, we're going to use scarves at least once in almost every unit that, that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess, I guess that's about it. Outstanding. Uh, so, Amy, to kind of bring Eat, Move, Grow back into this, mm -hmm. obvious, obviously, you know, those of us who are involved know that there's so much more that you folks do than just, you know, handpicking a few schools and putting that into action. What does your role look like a year later for the schools that were selected for this initiative and also the other schools that are still in the surrounding area? Okay, well, we are um... – we were invigorated to see communities get excited about physical activity, and we are continuing to build on that. Stephen mentioned research around what's going on in our schools, and um, so I quickly uh, scanned my computer here <laughs> and pulled up our polar studies from a year ago, Stephen. Yes, ma'am. And um, your school actually is on the highest end of activity of the schools that we've put polar watches on to study. But even with that, the kids at Rugon are averaging 38 minutes of MVPA a day and three minutes of that fall in the very vigorous range. So, and, and that's really typical across the board of schools who have very limited minutes in physical education. So we continue to look to build opportunities for kids across the board. We're 
very involved in classroom brain breaks, in providing equipment and technical support for PE teachers to have what they need to push those very vigorous minutes, and really for educating the school community about the importance of physical activity throughout the day for these kids and how that translates into academics. So um, this was a great launching point for Eat, Move, Grow to really continue down that road, to examine it, to be on site with schools, to hear um, firsthand from PE teachers, but also from the teaching community, from the administrative community, parents, kids. We got to meet everybody while we were out on the road with you. And um, I think that really informed our work over the last year in um, making physical activity opportunities a priority for Eat, Move, Grow. It, I'm sure I, I don't want to steal Stephen's uh, thunder here, but I can't imagine how proud you must feel, Steve, in hearing that you know, you're, you're wishing you had this data. And full disclosure, I had no idea... <laughs> A, that Rugon was leading the charge down there, and B, that Amy could pull up numbers that quickly yeah. <laughs> to, to, to verify it. But they were wired feel, for activity, literally. Seriously. <laughs> how does that make you feel knowing that the proof is in the pudding and that the hard work that you're putting in, that your kids are, pay, are putting in, is paying off thanks to just finally being given a little bit more than you had previously? Oh, yeah. It, it's great. I mean, it's great to be one of the more active schools. I, I definitely would like to get those vigorous minutes up, though. Uh, it seems like, <laughs> it, it, you know, those are the ones that we really, well, you're really not alone in that. You're not alone in that. We have schools that have one minute of very vigorous activity a day. Yeah. So it's just a challenge across the board with such emphasis on um, test scores and academics and meeting benchmarks and standards to carve out time for kids to play. Yeah. And and it's a and it's a starting point. It's a jumping point. You know, a, a year ago, you didn't even have that. So it's 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 all heading up. And Donna, to bring to bring you back into the conversation, do, is there anything different? I guess that you can add from the Eat Move Grow standpoint as to how you folks support schools like Rugon who are who have been through this initiative, but even those that, that haven't, to make sure they're they're getting support in their programs. Well, well, one of the things that happened is we began, we developed relationships with the open trainers mm -hmm. during those four days. You know, we were there at the beginning and all the way to the end. And I mean, we really spent day and night with, with everybody from open and U.S. games. And so um, by getting to really understand and learn and know since none of us except Joanna were a trainer, those relationships, we've been able to partner and bring in open trainers to, to help all of our teachers. So we, um, last year at our annual summit, we had another trainer come in and she worked with all of our teachers who attended that training. And then this, this past summer, we had Chris Walker come in and he helped us with a new program initiative, action-based learning that we are slowly piloting in some of our schools. And he helped us to launch a two-day training where we, we did open um, curriculum. And we were even able to bring in some of the, some new schools that are just now starting out with us and make this training available so that those that 
were part paling for pee, they were probably the first ones to register because they they had an idea and they knew what it was all about. But then we were able to bring in approximately 20 other teachers who really were kind of sad because they weren't part of it. Everybody continues to say, how can we, how can we do that at our school? And can you do it again? But so we were able to, you know, start with that, just kind of that touch that we, we were able to experience for those 30 minutes that those open trainers, you know, invigorated our schools for each stop. And then we kind of delved deeper into a lot of the different lessons and how it would work in different classrooms and different age groups. And now with action-based learning. So we continue to expand and really kind of work close with our schools so that we can provide them the resources that they need. And we, we are always looking to find ways that we can increase physical activity, improve healthy lifestyles, and increase nutrition. So that's pretty much what our goal is because, you know, we want every child to have the opportunity to live a healthier life. Absolutely. So over the last few months, I, I mentioned that I've been to a couple of different conferences uh, one in Asheville, North Carolina, for starters, and then just most recently, uh, the Ark uh, Aford down in Arkansas. And the same kind of questions were coming up, as you were mentioning from from your other teachers. Hey, how can we get a part, you know, become part of this? You know, we, we need help, too. And I think the very sad reality is that there are just far, far, far too many schools and districts that are in similar situations that maybe don't know how to generate the same kind of, of support and outreach that you folks were able to. I mean, I, I mean, like you mentioned, we had local news stations and local politicians that were there supporting this cause and giving a few minutes of their time to to put their name out there and say, hey, this is important for our kids, for our families, for our communities. So from the organizational standpoint, what would your advice be, uh, starting with Donna, I suppose, to a similar organization like Eat, Move, Grow, maybe on the western part of the country or maybe in a different part of Louisiana or the Carolinas, anywhere else in the country. How can we kick this thing off? I I think it's just really having people who are committed and dedicated and really, you know, don't mind or really are passionate about giving up their time to improve the schools and the health of the students. And, you know, once you begin... And you, I mean, we we kind of did all the kind of the hard work, you know. And I mean, not that, but you know, we we kind of set the um, stage and then work closely with those schools and bring them to each area. You know, maybe it's not starting out with 12 schools. I mean, I think if we knew what we knew now, we might try and cut it back down to maybe like eight schools so that you have a little bit more time to develop and work closer with those schools during that time frame. But, you know, it's it's just really working one-on-one and you should have your partnerships already developed. You know, that's what helped us. We had been working in those schools and so we had that partnership and that close bond with teachers and the principals. And then those schools went out and 
and really talked about it and assisted us in bringing the community in, involved in it. And it was just kind of like a, a puzzle. You had to get one piece down and then the other pieces fell into place. So I would say that just really being committed and knowing that all the hard work and for us, you know, this was during the holiday season. So my staff really had to give up almost two weeks of December to to be all hands on deck as to say to to work on this project. And how about you, Amy, from your experience with this, how could schools or districts or other local organizations go about kind of kickstarting this in their local areas? The first thing I would say is don't be scared to jump in with both feet. <laughs> um, I think Jim Stringer had been looking for somebody um, as crazy as Eat Move Grow for a long time. Those, those, those Stringer boys. Rounded us up to do this. Um, when we started this project, there wasn't even a name for it. It was just an idea. So Pedal for PE was something that we came up with that thought, that we thought really described the project. And so we started from the ground up. How can we do this? Let's put it together. How are we going to add a bike tour to it? How are we going to connect with all these schools? But the great news is the hard work is done. Don and I have the outlines for all of those things. We have, you know, what we did when we rolled into schools. It was a well-oiled machine by the time it all went off. And um, we are more than happy to share that information with anybody interested in doing a similar venture. We, we want to expand this opportunity to as many students as possible. So we would encourage anybody interested to pick up the phone and contact us and let us help them launch something for their kids in the same way. And I just would like to say, you know, we, we one thing is, nothing's going to be perfect. And, um, you know, sometimes being scared of the unknown, you kind of stay away from it. But, you know, we, some schools worked a lot, were a lot smoother, other schools, but all in all, no one knew that, say, bikes, the bikers didn't arrive on time, or we had to change this, or we had to go ahead and do scarves first instead of scarves at the end. You know, the kids just were so, and the, and the school community was so excited that someone thought enough of their school to come in and provide these resources and this training that they just, everybody just embraced it. And they thought their school had the best pedaling for PE in the whole four days. I'm sure. As somebody who went through it and, and had their, their school and their students kind of go through the experience, Stephen, what, what would your advice or words of wisdom to be? I'm sure there's no shortage of schools that are in similar situations who want to be a part of something like this. How would you, I guess, advise someone to embrace the experience or, or to go through it properly? I think that we were chosen. I mean, yeah, we... We spoke earlier about the uh, convenience of the location of the schools um, that were chosen. So a little bit of it's going to boil right down to luck. I mean, it, things are going to have to be able to work out. Like, it, it, you know, it, it, if you live 2,000 miles away from the, the program that's going on, you know, good luck getting in that program. If you're in the right place, I would say you, you need to start working towards 
asking people to help. You have social media, you have um, Twitter, Instagram, you have Facebook, you have all these access to, you know, different groups of people. It's funny how different groups of people are on Instagram, uh, a different group of people is on Twitter, and it seems like all my parents' people are on Facebook. So, <laughs> um, I make sure that when I'm looking to do something, I, I share it on social media for one, and I'm, I'm sharing it on multiple different forms of social media. That is to generate excitement about our program and to just let people know that we're here because, you know, we're Rougon Elementary. Uh, we're 25 miles away from Baton Rouge. And when I talk to people in Baton Rouge and I tell them I work at Rougon Elementary, they say, what, what wait, where? Um, <laughs> and then I tell them I'm in Point Capi Parish and they also ask where. Um, so it, you have to build awareness of your program. Uh, let them know that you're there so that you can receive help. You have to ask for help. I found that people are uncomfortable saying no. So I ask and I ask and I ask and I put them on the spot to say no. Uh, we want to go to a, uh, the National Civil Rights Museum in Memphis this year. So I, I'm a big Memphis Grizzlies fan. I'm going to reach out to Mike Conley. You know, I'm going to reach out to some of the Grizzlies players uh, over Twitter and say, hey, can you help us out with funding? And, you know, like that's a shot in the dark. But, you know, sometimes that shot in the dark lands. So try. Uh, work hard, show people that you're willing to do it. And then you're going to have more people show up wanting to help you. Everybody wants to help somebody who's trying their best. And everybody wants to, to help an underdog who is trying their best. So show that you're that underdog, um, but also show that you're working hard. You know, give them a realistic sense of your situation, but show that you're not going to let that hold you down. You're not going to let that define you show that you're, you know, aspiring to be more. Um, and I guarantee you, I, I guarantee you, uh, people are going to come to help. Uh, that's just, that's this country. People want to help people who are doing things the right way and working hard. I think the, probably the most understated piece of that answer there is the power of social media. I know, I mean, I like to scroll through Instagram and Twitter and <clears throat> Facebook <laughs> the, Facebook. the Facebook too. I still call it the Facebook, the Facebook. I when I joined Facebook it was the Facebook <laughs> I was in college when you had to be in college to get it yes. oh, I felt so cool man you needed an edu email address <laughs> yeah. in order to join awesome. yeah and then they let the high schoolers in. That's all <laughs> ruined everything with. and then the grandparents oh yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the say, guys with oh. the power of social media if hmm. Um, anybody out there is interested in learning more about this project, visit the Open Phys Ed YouTube channel and look up the um, Open Member Outreach with Eat, Move, Grow. And it is a great chronicle of the four-day trip for anybody interested in learning more. Absolutely. And the point that I was going to make about social media is if I'm watching a 20-second clip of Steve's class, I have no idea if Rugan Elementary is the biggest school in the nation or the smallest school in the nation. All I see is high-quality PE, and that gets people's attention, especially if you're a school or a district whose parents are active on social media. I'm sure they want to see you know, kids doing cool science experiments or going on cool field trips. But if, man, that, that Sellers guy keeps popping up. <laughs> and well, I had no idea they do that in PE. Before you know it, Buzz is going to get out there that, yeah, if I have extra money to give to a cause, I want to give it to the guy or, or the girl who's really busting their hump to make this happen. So I, I don't think that can be 
you know, stated enough how powerful sharing good stuff, good quality stuff can be for sure. And, you know, that that is usually one of the weakest aspects of people who work hard is bragging about their work because oh, so you're, true. you're working too doggone hard <laughs> bragging about yep. what you're doing. You know, you go home tired and you want to soak your feet. And it, I think that every single year um, on my self-reflection, I'm, I'm telling myself, uh, share your work more, you know, celebrate uh, the work that you and your students are doing. Uh, but instead of just celebrating it in your classroom and instead of just celebrating it with your students, you know, celebrate it with the world. Um, so I'm always working to share more often, and and that's what I would advise other people to do too. Set some reminders on your phone. Set some weekly reminders on your phone. You know, I need to share something we've done, and like you said, that'll generate the excitement, and and people are willing, and and people people are more than willing. They're eager to help. To be honest, one thing you know, we've talked about how it would grow and what happened to the schools after peddling for PE, but really. With Eat, Move, Grow, it kind of got us out of our comfort zone, too, because we really didn't share a lot. We really didn't kind of toot our own horns or show a lot of work that we were doing. And we were just in the trenches, constantly working each day. And through Pelling for PE, it brought us to that social media national project. And, you know, it has kind of re invigorized us to to go out and to share what our schools are doing to share data and the work that we're doing so it really not only helped to change the projection of our schools but also of eat move grow and i think it was a win-win for everybody so those organizations yes it's it's work and yes there's a lot of behind the scenes work that you have to do. But in the end, you're gonna benefit from it just as much as the schools are gonna benefit from it. And we've seen that through our Eat With Grow program. Well, right there is kind of an, un an unintended consequence of this project is the, the benefit that Eat Move Grow has has seen from it as well. And I, I, I'm probably butchering the old adage, but I'm sure it it's, can't be understated that nothing that's worth it is ever easy. You know, so of course it's gonna be hard work. Uh, there's gonna be growing pains, there's gonna be ups and downs, but I think the the benefit far outweighs the quote unquote hassle of having to, you know, get a little dirty from time to time and try and fail. So you folks are, are definitely definitely walking walking the walk and talking the talk. And we we couldn't be more thankful for the experience. And I want to thank you, Amy, as well, for reminding me about that YouTube video. Mm -hmm. um, with your folks' permission, I'd love to share your contact information because I'm sure people who are listening to this are going to want to know more about how to get involved. And I'll definitely link that video um, as kind of a overarching example of what the the, the the initiative really was. It'll it'll all be in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Perfect. They can contact us through our website, too, anytime at eatmovegrow.us. They can see some of our work, and it also has a place on there to contact us. Perfect. So we'll certainly add that email or yep. uh, website address in there as well. Well, folks, I think we've taken up 
far more of your <laughs> of your Thursday night than we originally told you we were going to. So I apologize for that. But thank you all so much for being so generous, not just with your time tonight, but with your time in general. Ladies, please, please, please keep doing the wonderful work that you're doing for schools down the bayou. Steve, keep crushing it, man. Before you know it, you'll be teaching six different subjects yeah. down there. They'll want you to teach social <laughs> studies next. Oh, well, I started as a social studies teacher. Wow, look at that. How funny. Hey, man. But seriously, thank you all so much for your time and for, for popping on with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Great to talk to you guys. Yes, thanks so much. So like I mentioned, folks, there's going to be, I'm sure, tons of interest and questions and comments coming following this episode. The Peddling for PE project was a first of its kind, but certainly not a last of its kind. There, there's too many schools that are in similar predicaments who can just use a little nudge in the right direction. If you're one of those folks or want to help one of those folks, give us a shout. Uh, you can reach the show by email at openforumpod at gmail.com. You can always tweet the show directly at openphised. If you want to reach Mr. Miller or myself, you can reach me on Twitter at phisedfreak. And I'm at coachmillerpe. I can't wait to hear the, the thoughts, questions, and comments following this show. Uh, if you have any other thoughts about a future show or questions that you want answered, definitely send them along. We want to keep this show a truly open forum. Until next time, stay active, everyone. This podcast and all of the great services provided by Open are made possible through the support of U.S. Games and BSN Sports. Every time you purchase physical education and athletic equipment through U.S. Games and BSN Sports, you are supporting a network of teachers helping teachers. Open is a public service organization. Learn more at openphyzed.org.